spread one love, okay? Thanks for tuning in to us, the Eminem Show. live episode of the Eminem show what's up dc what's up molly hey you're feeling it i had three margaritas tonight and it's like more alcohol than i've drank in like a month that's that's a lie exciting. i was in costa rica a week ago drinking but uh-huh. i want to hear more about that um for our viewers today we are going to be Joined by voice later in the show Ooh. by the ethereal metaphysical Jay Mills. Metaphysical for real. She will only be in our atmosphere. Metaphysical today. Mm-hmm. And uh, later on, we'll be having DC's own Stuart Anderson join us. What? But for now, it's the Nikki and Molly show. I'm ready. So you just got back from Costa Rica last week. What was going on there? You know, Costa Rica's dope, man. Um, it's super chill. It's very sleepy. Yeah. It um good relaxing spot. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of like um not paved roads and everything's pretty chill. There's a lot less advertising. Although every bit of advertisement seems to be owned by Imperial, the beer company there, so I'm not really <laughs> mad at that. Um uh. But yeah, it's just a whole different way of life, you know. Like I was traveling through um, a lot of uh, up and down the west coast, Costa Rica, and um, th- you know we drove, and so we were going through a lot of different areas. And I noticed that like um, people in front of their houses have trash cans that are just like a metal pole with like a metal box, almost looks like a crab catching mm-hmm. thing, right? Mm-hmm. But it's just like a metal grate box on a pole, and those are people's trash cans. And you're driving through, and there might be, like, one little bag in there. And I thought to myself, you know, that's pretty smart to keep it exposed so it doesn't, like, rot in there. And then animals can't get to it. So what a better way to deal with it. But what I really noticed is how little trash there was. Mm. Because... They're not as wasteful as Americans. Yeah. And they're not buying all this shit. They're growing it and catching it and cooking Uh it and eating it. And they're not going, you know, everything that they're consuming isn't coming out of packaging. Mm-hmm. And so, in general, they just create a lot less trash. That's awesome. And that's just, like, one tiny little yeah. observation that just yeah. really made me think, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, we got these, awesome. like, 50-gallon trash cans and we shit have- for a week. We can we, we create a lot of trash and then we don't know what to do with it and we have landfills and it's it's and stuff yeah. ends up in the ocean and you know I just got back from Cleveland myself um, I was at a food justice conference with the Heal uh, Food Alliance um, which is the national organization that I work for I'm a basically a national organizer for food and farm justice and uh um heal stands for health environment agriculture and labor you know and so we got to go to this super dope farm in the middle of cleveland called riddall farm and uh community farm uh black run operated 
um, growing, you know, kale and onions and all kinds of cool stuff in the dead of winter in these hoop houses. Nice. Have an amazing, beautiful greenhouse. They have a tilapia uh, farm there that they use like aquaponic um, systems with. And, you know, everything's composted. They create their own fresh soil. Like, I learned so much. That's awesome. Um, so, you know, it's really awesome to hear about the 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 lifestyle that you witnessed in yeah. Costa Rica and know that there are also people within the United States who are actually trying to be, not trying, they are being uh, uh, wasting less um, yeah. creating, sustaining for themselves. They're real models, um, you know, and uh, it's just exciting. So over the years, I look forward to updating y'all with what's going yeah. on in the food justice movement in the United States, but that's where I just got back That's on. super cool that you just came from Cleveland. Like, Today. I wouldn't have thought that that would be, like, you know, where you were checking out, like, farming things. Yeah. You know, that, that if you had to say, if you were like, Molly... Where in the United States do you think I just went to check out some farms? Yeah. Cleveland would not Never. have been on the list. <laughs> Straight up. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's an example of urban farming. And, uh, you know, it's it's That's something awesome. that as we are uh, facing, have been facing uh, food deserts and, you know, um, underdeveloped, um, under-infrastructured, uh, neglected neighborhoods throughout the country. It's really, really inspiring to see people um, taking their health, their jobs, um, their land back into their own hands and creating <laughs> just, you know, doing it for themselves, not, yeah. not relying on anyone else. It's really, really a beautiful thing. Um, well, you know, and I'm like, you know, my first introduction to like super, super healthy, like real ass clean living, raw foods, like has been in the black community. Yeah, we do it up. We And, you, you know? know, there's a lot of like here in D.C. too. There's just so many awesome uh, options and varieties you can go to that, you know, you don't necessarily find in other places. And even when there wasn't, there was, you know, Kepra's. I mean, there's some people, you know, Kepra when he was at Sembeb's, you know what I mean, you, you, many years ago. I love Sembeb. I live around the corner from Sembeb. Exactly. And so it's like, you know, a lot of history there where in other communities, it's like, it's, it's like a fad, you know, like juicing or smoothies or whatever. But like the real, mm -hmm. like holistic clean living uh, manifest I've only really seen in urban communities so I feel like it's yeah. really fitting although there's like obviously a, there's a gap there because like not everybody has access to those things right but the conversation for me it was always like originated there yeah so it makes a lot of sense that there's we were urban in Cleveland. gardens yeah we were in Cleveland and and this farm actually uh, this urban farm was modeled after these other folks that did this in Chicago also oh, in the south side of Chicago. So, um, but that is to say, like, Heal, the organization I work for now, uh, we work with urban farmers um, across the country, but also small rural farmers. And so um, I'm just learning so much about how food is uh, produced, procured, you know, yeah. the labor behind it, um, how it's, it's, man, I'm just learning so much. I don't want to like 
I will talk the whole show about yeah. what I learned about. I mean, that's cool, you know. Shit, ain't nobody <laughs> else here, Nikki. So you might as well get it in, girl. <laughs> yeah. Well, but uh, no, I want to save it for another time because there's exciting things going on here in DC. And yes. This is the DC show, not the National Nikki show. So that's next season. That's right? yeah. That's next season. <laughs> the National Nikki show. <laughs> I'll do your theme though. Great. <laughs> just like we did our because we know song. how well it works <laughs> I was thinking about that today every time I hear our theme song I'm like oh I cringe a little bit I, but now I, we have a new one funny. is that our new one no, so for oh, shout out a, 06 Chris for quite a while now yes yeah, shout scientist. out 06 Chris for for quite a while now um, I've been posting generally on Instagram these little snippets for each different week, and I always uh, change up the song. Oh. So we've had a wide variety. Oh. You know? Oh, man, I need to pay more attention. <laughs> to your Instagram feed. Anyway, follow us on Instagram, at Eminem Show, one love. That's M-N-M Show. Show. <laughs> one love on Instagram, and you can see what um, Molly is talking about, our cool graphics and pictures and whatnot. So, uh, Molly, yes, I. You're running for at-large committee woman of the DC Democratic State Committee. Yes. How's that been going for you so far? It's pretty good. I'm running. <laughs> I'm running as fast as I can. Um, no, it's uh, it's it's um, I'm learning a lot, and that's really all I wanted to do was like take a seat at the table and learn, and like not fuck anything up. I mean, you know, yeah. you can't just jump into politics and be like, let me tell you, you know, <laughs> I don't fucking know what's going on, man. You do know what's going on. Though. I mean, I know what's going on, but I don't know what's going on, you know? Yeah, you got to learn. And, uh, you know, with I, you know, I, I feel like I'm ready to say something. I'm going to jump in there and be saying yeah. a whole lot of stuff. Because Hell yeah. Well, you've earned it, dude. You've earned it. You've been in, you've been, been in, in civil service. You've been doing this a long time. Uh, my civil service is different. It's like, you know, community based. It's very, very, you know, it's very narrow. And so you, you've earned that uh, right to have a, an opinion. I, I just want to be a team player and I just want to learn and, 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 you know, help where I can. And um, so far it's been very reassuring. I have, um, I'm running on this slate with you, as you know, the uh, dump Trump Dems for action slate. Holla. Oh, there's your man. So bad. There's your man. So, um, Dump Trump, Dems for Action, it's a uh, slate that we're okay. running on. Uh, it's kind of exciting oh, yeah. for those of you who are like me who don't know what any of that means. Um, there's a slate of people running together. So, basically, we have pooled our intentions and our marketing dollars and our overall campaign message, right? And uh, there's 40 positions in the Democratic State Party. Uh, and we are, there's 40 of us running for all 40 yeah. of those positions. So yes. take over like shit. So yes. I'm about that life, whether we win or not. I think it's awesome to challenge that. Um, and I'm running with um, other people in Ward 5, including Jay Mills, who's not here at the moment. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> fucking Margaritaville. Um, and uh, an awesome dude named Gordon Andrew Fletcher. Super cool. He's a uh, ANC guy. I'm sorry. I always get it wrong which one he is, but he's an ANC. He is an ANC. Uh, and then Walter DeLeon, who's a super kid, cool kid, 22 years old, already like 
all in there with multiple years of experience. And and uh, Andrew Wick, super awesome woman uh, resident. We're all Ward 5 residents. Um, and it's just really cool to like um, get to know people. Um, I got to hear the Attorney General speak at a Ward 5 Democratic meeting Carl a couple Racine. weeks ago. Carl Racine. And um, I just want to say this. So I don't know much about politics at all. You know, I really don't. And, uh, you know, the attorney, uh, there's very few things I care about. Uh, it's people and weed, just a you know plot twist. And Carl Racine, <laughs> uh, the other week at the meeting, he said that, um, "How you doing? You can go ahead and sit down. They'll get the camera set up on you and get you all set." But um, Carl Racine was in a in a this meeting, and a gentleman asked him, "Hey, you know, are you gonna are you gonna make weed illegal? I can't even take my grandkids to the community center without smelling weed." And he very eloquently explained that they were not because the racial disparity in the arrest records uh, between uh, black marijuana users and white marijuana users. And then he also explained that um, people in uh, that have prescriptions who live in public housing are not able to smoke inside their home. They're forced to go outside their home to smoke and it puts it on the streets. And so that the bigger issue, while he understood the gentleman's concern was making sure that the laws were fairly <coughs> adjusted for everybody so that people could medicate according to the law. And I was so excited to hear an attorney general say that, yeah. you know, I feel like that's a, something that you would hear a weed activist say that's something that you would hear from the people, but not necessarily from the people enforcing the law. And so that made me very reassured that um, we're in good hands. You know what I mean? At least in regards to weed. So, and I know, I, I know that is a very, very narrow perspective. But, like, God damn it, it matters to me. And so it was really nice to hear him speak on that. And so um, I got to meet him last night. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool to just get to know on a – just a – see who these people are and humanize them a little bit more, whether you agree or disagree with them. I think it's really important to, to know who's representing you locally. Absolutely. Um, and, and it's very intimidating if you're not somebody that's into politics, but then when you, you when you, <laughs> when you're all in, like I am, you realize it's just some people in a bar just trying to like find a commonality and, and make some positive change as well. So, Long story short, it's really cool to uh, be a part of all of it and learn and, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm glad that you're running with us. I knew, um, you know, I uh, I ran for the same position four years ago and lost by very few votes. And um, that was my first time. And my intention then was really just to learn the process mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, because I knew in my mind that... Uh, it's important for young people, for black people, for immigrants, for it's important for us to be at the table and it's important for us to run. And so I'm someone that believes in uh, I, I got I'm a visual learner. I got to do it myself in order to be mm -hmm. able to teach other people okay. how to do it. And so that was really my intention that time. I didn't care if I won or if I lost that time. Um, some other people that I knew and trusted, shout out Angela Peoples and Greg Sandana, asked me to run for this position. And I was kind of skeptical. I was like, I'm busy. I got work to do. Um, I'm trying to run these two different campaigns on like minimum wage and, and wage theft prevention at the time. I was like, I'm really busy. You know that story. And, uh, and also, I don't want to just run um, 
you know, just to run. Like if it's if I'm not using it as a platform to uplift uh, working class and poor people and black people's issues in this city, then I'm I it's of no use to me. You know, and they assured me that this was an opportunity to do that. And it was. Um, And so I ran and I learned a lot. And then four years later, you know, it's time to run again. So I was, but this time I want to win. I'm like, yeah, I you want know? you to win too, Nikki. That's right. And uh, I even got know. some signatures for you last night. <laughs> Almost 20 of them. <laughs> Thank Almost, you. I, I don't feel too bad then because that's about what I have about 20 there for uh, Nikki and Marcus. Thank that's you. awesome. That's I awesome. Think it's, I think it's phenomenal that we put together a progressive uh, platform. Um, I like the team. It's uh, a fully uh, encompassing team. I didn't know you ran four years ago, though, Nikki. Yeah. Yeah. For the same so. position I'm about to lose for him. I just... <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I'm just kidding. I'm going to give him a run. I'm going to hit well, him with the Instagram campaign. I can't see. Well, you know, I think that... I think, we, we didn't do all that. We didn't have that last time. Yeah. We, you got, we got a lot of stuff at our... At our disp- expose um, disposal, yeah. right? We can we can you know leverage the social media piece, and and I don't know if you ran with a slate before. I did. It yeah, was yeah, the so rent was, is too darn high. Oh, the rent is you too. Remember. Oh, oh, I do remember. You I didn't remember. know you I remember. were on that though. Yes. I didn't. You ain't tell me. So that's why you know. See, I think oftentimes we don't we don't you. tell people right. We don't we don't take it serious. Uh, I had a conversation with Philip Pinnell, somebody else who's on the uh, slate with us. Uh, earlier today, and 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 he was having 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 a tantrum a bit, you know, because uh, the the at large team has not been as uh, serious as he think the team should be. And I said, all things in due time. Right. We we got time. Let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater just yet. yet. Not yet. You know, I think that the team. That, it's will, all coming together. That's right it. Now. Wait, are you on this at large petition with me as well? No, no. I'm, I'm actually a committee man for Ward, ward 8. Ward 8? Ward 8. Yeah, you oh, got Ward 8. shit. Okay, word. So yeah. actually, Stuart Let's Anderson. Let's talk about this. Yeah. Welcome to the M&M show. Hey. Okay, okay, okay. Stuart, would you like We're a bottle of water? Oh, uh, sure. I definitely could use a bottle of water because in my other life, right, I'm, I'm this, I'm this, uh, home improvement specialist mm. and so um i was in the zone and forgot all about i'm supposed to be here so the first thing i want to do is say i apologize to the team and to uh my co-host we'll have, have you here yeah it, i'm glad that i you, can make you it you just lay it on in <laughs> like, hey and what i think about <laughs> it is it. Uh, it was nice. you know hey. so so yeah um but yeah i think it's phenomenal when grassroots organizers come together and get involved in the political process. It's one of the things, I don't know if Mickey, Nikki has talked about being involved in BOLD, but it's one of the things that uh, we've been talking about inside of BOLD. That's, that's another organization that we function with. Oh, what's and that? Can so you tell us about that? BOLD is Black Organizers for Leadership and Dignity. Oh, word. And, I and, like the sound and, of yeah. that. I like both these yeah. acronyms, HEAL and BOLD. Yes. Yeah. Boldly uh, Healing. <laughs> Yes. That's, that's and that's 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 a lot of what bowl is about. It's about self healing, somatic training, and things of that nature. But it but but one of my very and Nikki doesn't may not know this, but one of my very first tasks with bowl was um, a get out the vote uh, campaign. Nice. Yeah, yeah, when I was in the modeler program, and so um, I had a wonderful trainer, you know, uh, 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 who came from North Carolina. 
and and helped me learn some stuff about the van and stuff like that. And it, it set me up for becoming uh, Trayon White's campaign manager. Oh, I like so, it. So 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 I all like things him. all things are possible, and that's what I like to say to the listening audience is that. Um, Nikki, Nikki talked about, I don't have time. None of us have time. You make time. Make time. Make you time. make time for the things that matter for yes. you the most. Um, and so the next thing you, people talk, well, I don't have the funding. <coughs> I don't have the money. I don't have the backing. Just and do it. so you just got to step out on faith yeah. and do the incremental stuff, build a team. And move the team forward. Right. And even when you don't have the type of capital that other machines have, because what we're doing is we're building a machine. Right. We're building a machine f that 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 is has tentacles all across the city to bring about some sustainable change. I don't know if y'all talked about what the state committee is all about. No, but we the, have not. The state committee is is a committee of Democrats that have a job to do. And so there are four basic pillars to that job. And one of the pillars to that job is to get people involved in the process, to engage the populace. That's right. one of the jobs of, and I, I don't think that the current members of the state committee has done a great job at that. Well, maybe Just when they update the website in like another four years. <laughs> Well, no, you know? they they won't be updating the website in four years. We will. We're gonna, That's we, right. We're going to be building something in definitely new in a couple months. Right. Um, the next thing that they should be doing, so engagement is one thing. The other thing is educating the populace, not just Democrats, but the populace. Right. You know what I'm saying? The goal of the Democratic State Committee is to bring people into the committee, to engage those individuals on a regular basis, to educate them on the platform that the committee members come together and, and set, which should be based upon what the people in the community want yeah. and need. And then the next thing that the uh, state committee should be doing. It's supposed and, to and do. That they're supposed to do. This is in the charter. This is not some stewism, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm not giving you stewism. I'm talking about the charter. There's a charter that says here's what the... Democratic State Committee stands for, and here are our duties and obligations, and among those obligations is engaging Democrats and the populace, drawing people in, gathering them in, having educational forums and seminars, and then to be promoting candidates Across, not just in your locality, you're on a state committee. Right. You you in a different category than a city council member or, or something right. like that. You need to be. We need to be, our state committee needs to be, and I don't think the ones that we have right now have been doing a great job of saying, here are some national players that we support, and we're going to come down there and knock doors for you, or, or we're going right. to phone bank for you. And those are things like phone banking. We could do that from right here for somebody right. anywhere in the country. And why would somebody in D.C. want to do something like that? Not really dominate, but I want I want to drive this idea home, right? <laughs> Why somebody in D.C.? Because we don't have statehood. So the people that we promote across right. the country got to be right. people who's talking about, I agree with statehood for D.C. You don't agree with statehood for D.C., then our state committee should not be, you know, taking pictures with you and hugging and kissing and all right. of that. Right. If you're not for statehood for D.C., we should not be entertaining you. We should be talking about the person 
who is for statehood. Even if they're not actively moving it, they're for it. Right. And then we got to push them into actively moving it. Well, I want to take it back a little bit before okay. we get too much into state committee, statehood. You know, this show is also about people getting to know who we are okay. so that they know who they're voting for. Mm-hmm. Not just what we stand for. I think it's important for people to get to know who we are. So, Stuart, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up? Where are you from? Okay. What's so, your story? What's, who, who are so, you? So, basically, my name is Stuart Anderson, and that's Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T, I'm a native Washingtonian. Hey. You know what I'm saying? You got Knockwood for that. You know, um, I am the father of uh, four beautiful young ladies, and they all um, grown and think they my mother. You know, <laughs> three of them live here in the city. The other one is right. um, currently up in New Jersey with her mother. I'm I'm an activist. I I started off as um, a prison activist in prison. And, 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 and that activism has uh, carried me into the political arena. I'm the executive director of something called Family and Friends of Incarcerated People. And that organization is an organization that was born inside a prison. And it, it was a fatherhood initiative. And today it serves the families and children of those who are incarcerated. That's awesome. You know? Um, I did, I, I'm, a, I'm a four-time graduate of the University of the District of Columbia, mm. and I'm proud about that. You can knock wood for that as well, <laughs> you know. Um, and uh, uh, most of, of, of my academic uh, excellency has come by way of UDC, even though I've taken some courses from Howard and some courses from Georgetown. I'm proud to say I'm a, I'm a, I'm a firebird, you know. Um, you know, people always say, where you from? I said, I'm from D.C. No, what part of D.C.? Like, what section? Where you, you know? And so I truly am from the city. You know, so I have I have roots in every quarter. I, I, I went to three different elementary schools, two different uh, middle schools, junior high schools, uh, two different high schools. So, and all of them are scattered all over the, over, over the city. And so that has to do with being someone who was raised by a single mother who uh, didn't have the best of things to offer to her children. She gave us the best that she had, and we love her for that. She did a wonderful job with laying a foundation that has uh, sprouted into what I am today. But by virtue of the life that we were living and, 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 and being less privileged, we, we moved around a lot. I know what it's like to be evicted. It's important for people who say they're doing uh, housing um, for all or or, 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 or moderate income housing to have a sense of that. To know what it's like to To not have any housing. To know what it's like not to have any housing. And so so I come from that and I understand that. And and so um, one of the things that I learned in the process, and I learned it from a guy named Roach Brown, is that you know, through your pain, you can begin to heal and help people. By helping people, you begin to heal yourself. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I work with pretty much everybody in this city. I've I worked, I, I worked for Empower DC on the housing campaign, the education campaign. Nice. Um, I work with uh, 
a number of different organizations a day. I am the, um, I am currently the community engagement specialist for the Anacostia Coordinating Council. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm also the uh, logistics coordinator for the annual Martin Luther King Parade. <laughs> uh, and I, and sure. I can, you know, I'm working on Malcolm X now. It's, it's, you know, so I'm doing a lot of different yeah. things uh, because I love the city and I love what, 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 what our icons <coughs> uh, laid for us, Malcolm and Martin. And, and I can talk about some other cats who I pay homage to, but those are the two who I'm actively currently trying to do some stuff in this city right now for, we're going to do a phenomenal piece on 4 4 18 that's uh, April 4th. It's all about the assassination of Dr. King. So mm-hmm. we're going to be doing something phenomenal over in Southeast around that. Um, I want to do something about March 26th where Malcolm and Martin meet. Um, it's the only time, the one and only time that they ever had a chance to meet. So I'm working with a team of people. It's not just students. What, what's not the a, date on that? So, 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 so. We're working on doing something for March 26th. March 26th. And so so we're wrestling with that piece there, right? We're wrestling with that piece um, to bring that to fruition. There is a play that some people have done. I've never seen the play, but I've been talking to people about it. And so we're, we're working and I'm talking to Denise Rolock Bonds from the Washington Informers. And um, I've been talking to Monica Ray also about it, as well as a number of other people just about how do we do something around that particular day to highlight the fact that these two great great icons who ultimately were assassinated were coming together on a specific uh, agenda. And that was to look at the economics that was happening in this country. Whoa, whoa, now it's too much power, too much, too much black awareness. That's awesome. Well, can you let me know whatever, whatever you guys do, so we can push that out on One Love Massive because we would like to do that. Definitely, yeah. definitely, um, we can do that. Um, anybody who's out there listening who who wants to chime in, you can hit me up. S W Anderson, S W Anderson six seven eleven at gmail dot com. Shoot me an email. I'll just send all the dates out, all the information, when the meet planning meetings are, because it's important for people to be able to be in the process and help to shape and direct this stuff. The other big thing is Malcolm X Day. We used to celebrate Malcolm X every year in Anacostia Park. And so there is a a, a, a effort of resurgence right now with that, uh, where a group of individuals, some of the people who historically were involved in that, about trying to, you know, lift up Malcolm on May 19th or the 20th. Uh, his birthday is the 19th. Traditionally, it's been done on a Sunday. Um, and, and so, uh, depending on availability, we're wrestling, trying to find a venue right now. Uh, we're going to honor Malcolm in some kind of way, though, so you can mark the calendar for that. Uh, but, yeah, definitely uh, all those things that I have my hand in are things that I've been drawn into because of my work with FFOIP. Um, that's my passion. If, if, if I could get away with not working and just doing that, that's what I would do all the time is just help the children and the families of uh, those who are incarcerated. Mass incarceration has, has devastated uh, this country. It has devastated uh, the brown community, and it has dramatically affected the black community yeah. in so many ways 
Uh, and so I just try to deal with the collateral damage and try to, I'm like a triage guy putting a Band-Aid on it, but I'm trying to do it. Where can people find more information about family and friends of incarcerated people? Okay, so currently, I, I, you know, when, 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 I, when, I, when you called and I realized that I fumbled the ball, I noticed that a whole bunch of people called me. And one of the persons who called me was our, um, our graphic designer who's working on um, redeveloping the website. So the website will be back up. It'll be FFYP info uh dot org um so yeah and then yeah if you go to if you go to uh facebook we have an active um uh uh, fan page uh ffyp if you go on youtube you can actually see some of what we do with the young people in an effort of steering them uh, away from prison uh the ultimate reason why ffyp exists is to fight intergenerational incarceration in short, what that means is, man, we just trying to keep black folk from going to jail. That's it. So what are some of the um, strategies that y'all are using to achieve that here locally? Okay. So um, locally, we, we have workshops and seminars where we work with the youth. Um, and so if you go, if you go on um, YouTube and you go FFYP, you will get a whole list of different things. So you'll see a video clip on here about you have a father. That's a conversation with a group of our children that we've been working with answering a question. And and so some of them on there, as a result of their parents going back and forth to prison and being in prison, it's like, I don't have no father because when he come home, he don't do this, he don't do that. And then the other children, we, 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 we utilize what we call peer development as a tool to get our young people on a good track. Notice I didn't say the right track, on a good track, right? right? And so um, by leveraging the knowledge base and the information within their peer group, they're able to at least, if they don't get a positive direction, they at least learn, if we got 15 of them in the session, they learn 14 ways of how not to do something. And they don't learn it from me. They, I, I've just got to create the space. They learn it from each other, and that's the key. That's what, to what makes we do. it stick, because yes. they're not gonna listen to. Yeah, you know, um, so so that's one of the things that we do is we do these sessions. We try to film them so that we can share them with other groups that are similar to ours across the country. We we also do this visitation piece. You know, D.C. is unique in a lot of ways, and. Um, because of the National Revitalization Act, something that in 2018 is going to be the focus of all of our community conversations. So we host three or four community conversations. We try to put a lot of energy into them so that we can educate people about what's happening currently with mass incarceration yeah, and how it's affecting us. Because people don't, I don't think people like people understand. Don't really know. Like I have a, a very, very you know narrow, narrow scope. But um, I was with somebody who was incarcerated for ten years, um, and then ended up going back in, and so I got like a small taste of um, what it's like to love somebody who's incarcerated. Yes. Um, and it was um, it made me hate this country yeah you know like everything is so backwards and like um from like um an environmental standpoint like prisons are not like uh updated on any level um from a you know i mean that's like that's like the lowest right like calm Mm -hmm. like you know 
factor, right? Just like even if you don't give a shit about people and you only care about animals and trees, you should hate prisons. Like yeah. if That's you right. care about the family uh, structure, you should hate prisons. That's right. If you care about like uh, the, the inequality of the, the the distribution of wealth, you should hate prisons. That's like, right. Um, do you know that right now, if you have somebody who you love in prison and they're more than ten miles away from you, even if they're in the same state, you have to pay like two dollars and ninety five cents a minute to talk to them. Talk to right now That's in two thousand and motherfucking eighteen, you have to pay some odd dollars and some odd cents a minute to speak to somebody you love who's in the same fucking state as you. That's like crazy. Right? Like the, the, to like, to love somebody who's unable to defend themselves or who's, you know, it's, it is the most dehumanizing, <clears throat> um, unfair, heartbreaking, horrible shit in the fucking world. And I, and I can't even uh, fathom what it would be like to have a father or a mother uh, you know, uh, in, in that system, and it's just, um, it's messed up. And let it's me tell so you, folks, bad. It's so bad. The system is like totally rigged against poor and especially black people. So I was just, I was saying, I was just at this um, conference this past weekend in Cleveland for the Heal Food Alliance hashtag Heal Food. Check out my Instagram photos I posted. <laughs> and, you know, the organization is about the transformation of food and farm systems. But you can't really talk about the transformation of food and farm systems without talking about Prison abolishing... Labor. Yes, prisons. Prison and so, labor. you know, I was a part of a, a breakout session where... Um, we were going over just kind of like the history of the prison industrial complex mm -hmm. and it has its in the United States it has its roots directly in plantation slave labor in fact there is uh, I'm sure you know of it Angola plantation in Louisiana yes that is now Louisiana State Penitentiary yes. so Jesus like um, you know and when you look at uh, prisons a lot of them are far out isolated in rural places mm -hmm. and it's still the plantation setup mm -hmm. sure. and so after slavery was abolished in what was that 1865 yes then you have uh, the creation of um, kind of like state militia state polices and the development of the mississippi black codes where black people yeah you know the the amendment may say slavery is done but it says except in the case of if you commit a crime and so then that was the loophole right and that still exists today so there's a loophole um, basically saying that slavery is still legal in the united states right now if you commit a crime and so um, after the abolition of slavery, you have the development of things like the Mississippi Black Codes where f people could get arrested for things such as idle behavior, mm -hmm. laziness, joblessness, mm -hmm. um, you know, and voting, but you know, and so you just start having, uh, the chain gangs and stuff and people, you know, it's just like, it has grown and grown and grown into this massive profit seeking uh controlling just oppressive system where the united states now has more people incarcerated and the rates like skyrocketed in like the 1980s yeah. you know it's Whack and crazy hot. you know yeah. and hey, hot, hey look I, I i was gonna just I, you know you know that's my forte so yeah. I can talk actually, about it. I can actually, talk about I can actually it. tell yeah. you some stuff. So, so, so let me say this right. Number one is this. 
First and foremost, you're exactly right. End of slavery, we get the Pink Pinkertons, you know, they evolve out of these are slave chasers. There's a whole class of of poor southern white folk who are commissioned to go and bring back slaves. The slave run off, that's they, they, they that's what they did to, to, to create this separation. One of the things that you can do, and I challenge people to do this, you know, one of the things I do daily is I, I, I get on Instagram sometime during the course of the day and I say something about something that is important, I think, and then I say, if you don't believe me, Google it. So <laughs> Google this, right? Every president, every president, and I'm still looking through footage on Obama, but every president back to Nixon says that he is either the law and order candidate or he or she, you know, doing their campaigns, that they're the law and order candidate or once they become the president, they're going to bring law and order back to America. Or they're going to do as number 45, and I'm not going to say his name because I, I try yeah. not to, even yeah. though it's the name of our slate, right? Yeah. I just try not to say no, his I, name. I've said right? his name more in the last two weeks <laughs> than I have my whole life. But, but, but he, you know, he, he wants to make America greater again. The key word is again in the, right. in, in the law and order back. Right. The key words is back and again. We got to listen to those words. But the but the thing that I'm pointing out is that all of them continued this process of mass incarceration. Nixon coined the term. Law and right? order. The control the Bushes, of the The Bushes pushed it along. And if we look at the numbers, we had 500-something uh, 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 million people. Then we went up some more and then we doubled then we tripled and then we got Ronald Reagan right Ronald Reagan tripled everything then after Ronald you know we had we get the Clintons the Clintons yeah. this, everybody want to love the Clintons Joe, we want to love the Clintons, right? Clintons but the Clintons also when you look at the footage you can find it the they are the law and order candidates they are the, so they are that was all, the mandatory minimums. Era, that's it. Yes. That's the mandatory minimum. So and over so like three strikes you too. out. Yeah. And, 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 and 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 so you know you know Reagan is one of the favorite things under the Reagan or Reaganomics and all of that is the disparity between coke powder and and, and crack. crack. But yeah. how the how in the world you gonna charge me for more for the diluted? thing than you are for the raw thing right you know what i'm saying why, well, why, why do that so you do that because you know that crack is 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 being proliferated in depressed communities and that cocaine is in the, you know the, the affluent, affluent community so, and there's a similarity too because uh you know with these crazy laws with weight and stuff because it's the same thing with lsd and hear me out there they charge you by weight and so if you have a sheet of paper they could have a hundred heads on it, and they're gonna charge you one thing. But if you have a sugar cube, you're gonna get charged because it's heavier. Because it's heavier, <laughs> right? But the message is not, you know, put your acid on paper. The message is the government doesn't want you doing anything to enlighten the people to make them start wondering why the fuck everything is so fucked up. And so they're gonna scare the shit out of you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And keep you out of the norm, destroying yourself just enough. Numb yourself just enough to continue to go to work every day, but don't enlighten yourself enough to realize that you shouldn't be going to work yeah. every day. You know what yeah. I mean? 
I brought those dudes out, right? Them, them, them past presidents out now, current cat, right? Because of one thing. When we get a clear understanding, my, my, all this stuff ties together so beautifully, right? The meeting of Malcolm and Martin was about a conversation around economics and addressing the disparity as it relates to economics. Slavery was about economics. Mm -hmm. It was about making money. It was about being king of cotton and stuff like that, right? And so today, prison is about making money. money. You know what I'm saying? You can't go to prison in certain states, right? You got to pay for your bed. Right. How the hell I'm going to pay for a bed and I'm the prisoner? You got to pay for them high phone bills. Right. You got to pay for... You might have you to gotta do pay, a case. You got to pay to send an email. Uh, I got you, a buddy locked up right now. He has to pay a dollar ninety-five or some shit for like six stamps. And Son, he probably makes seventy stamps. cents a day. You don't need to make. <laughs> you don't need stamps on the fucking internet. It's email. You yeah. don't need a stamp. But I gotta pay for stamps to be able to message him and prepay for the stamps for him to message me back. So he can send an email. You know, yeah. and, you know an email. A, a lot of people don't realize just how close they are to the prison industrial complex. We yeah. think, oh, it's some prison over there. It has but no, to do with me. It, it touches a Everything. lot of aspects of our lives. You know, some of the mm-hmm. the cups you use or buy, the, the coffee that you drink, the food that you eat from the grocery stores. A lot of that is grown by exploited prison labor. Mm -hmm. And so some people are like, oh, well, they're prisoners. They deserve to be exploited. Well, you have to remember that the system is rigged against poor and brown people. And it is based in slavery. But if you are poor, if you are brown, you're an immigrant. The system is set up there for you to take your ass, too. And if you You privileged, let me say this, too, right? If you privileged, you're going to get on an airplane one day. They make the parts to the airplane. Right. You know, it touches every aspect of our lives, really. And so, you know, because well, no one's really I say down with the system. No one's, abolition. Exactly. No one's immune because the system is designed to benefit and to profit when we fail. All systems, mortgages. If you if they loan you the money, they make more money if you default on your mortgage than if you pay it on time. It's and it's front loaded interest. It's already a fucking scam. Damn right. You know how many um a car? If you have a car in the system that gets repossessed and it gets financed by one of these like subprime lending things, an uh, average car in that system will get repossessed and refinanced four, five, six times. A fucking Toyota Corolla can generate sixty thousand dollars worth of money and debt off of like poor people because of that system. Every system that we are all a part of is designed to benefit when we fail. Every single one of them. There's somebody getting rich off of every single one of our collective tragedies. And this is why I'm excited that the three of us are running together because there's a collective sense of values that people are more important than profits. Yes. And this is why our slate is called Dump Trump Dems for Action. It's not just about dumping Donald Trump. It is, but it's about dumping the values that represent corporate profits are more important than people. So, for example, this is the latest thing I'm furious about is Uh this rollback. I mean, first of all, he's not even doing shit really important about gun control in this country and gun violence. But the one tiny little thing that he said he might do, which is increase the 
uh, buying age to 21 from fucking 18 in this country. He changes. He changed his mind after he met with some lobbyists with the NRA. And so now that's not happening. And he's supporting teachers getting guns in a classroom. Um, in the That's classroom. Crazy. And so I'm like, okay, you're going to get guns in all the public and private and charter schools across the nation. And you're going to train these people how to appropriately handle guns when we can't even fucking do that. I'm sorry. Pardon my language for the own police who have yeah. like training. Get the fuck <laughs> out of here. Now we go train teachers. And Man, they need to learn how to but, teach. But it's not even that. You know what's going to happen? Teachers aren't going to do that, man. Teachers, I know. A but, teacher but, 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 in Georgia that. already shot his gun. A teacher in Georgia already shot his gun off through the window, locked his students out of his classroom, and shot a gun through the window out into the open air. Could have hit somebody. <sighs> so already that kind of shit is like going down and people are emboldened. Okay, so silver lining. I'm a silver lining I'm this so shit. Angry. Oh my god. I'm a silver lining. It's this. a silver lining in this. I'm just saying. This is the silver lining. Is that people are gonna be this shit is fucking ridiculous and they're gonna take their kids out of school and everybody's gonna take the fucking power back. The only good thing about Trump being in office is it's gotten to the point that people realize that stop being so fucking comfortable because the building is on fire yep, and we yep. gotta do something. And you know, maybe every teacher will quit and every parent will pull their child out of school and they'll actually have to talk to their children again. <laughs> they'll actually have to <laughs> spend time with their children and raise their children and but, shit and, and not so we on should, we should and pay the, less taxes and the, though we and should the, pay less you know taxes what? and the whole system will get burnt down it'll get blown up and burnt down and we're gonna have to recreate a society all together it's gonna be fucked up i'm not saying that but i'm just saying like the way that <laughs> the path that we have been on <laughs> okay I'm just saying. I'm, just, I'm, I'm not laughing I'm, at you. I'm just laughing I'm at the silver situation. Lining because it's I know you're so trying, bleak. And I see that, but it's I mean, so I just bleak. like you just, just painted just, another bleak picture. No, <laughs> but, I was like, everything's gonna burn. But at least we're like resistance, <laughs> like together, instead of just all fighting against each other, right? Yes. Because when the shit hits the fan, nobody really gives a fuck about any of that other dumb we shit. We all at the bottom right? of that pyramid. It's like one percent of them people up there that's getting all this money. But here's the thing. There's 99% of us. And the second that we realize that we outnumber them by 99%. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When we all stop and go, whoa, 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 whoa. See, but they got, a, bu- they got a See, they got a bunch of us in the middle, right? They got a bunch of us in the middle, right? That's like 20% of us, right? That that work for that 1%, right? And and so they don't realize they in the boat with us. Yeah. Right? And so then they convince, you know, another 15%, and then it just looks really ugly. We just got to do something with the whole pyramid. And here's the thing, too. Shake it off. A lot of people, a lot Inverted. of people that could be directly involved with movement work, taking back power, are incarcerated. Yes. Or are On scared, or are scared I... for their lives that they're going to be deported. Or have diabetes and heart disease and all kinds of other shit because of the terrible diets that corporate America feeds us. And so people aren't... I'm talking about it. Look at Pussy Ride. You heard about that? Like two members of the band Pussy Ride, they're like a 
rock band from Russia. It's all women, and they dance with their shirts off, and they just sing about like revolution, and it's fucking mm. rock and roll, like freedom of expression, right? I yeah. know they them. fucking Shout out. two of oh, you don't know them? Yeah. Oh yeah, they're pussy right. They they're setting the shit out of a whole fucking other part of the world. You know how dare they walk around with no shirts on, saying the word pussy out loud? Like <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, right? People are losing their goddamn minds. Two two of the the police harass them constantly. Uh, they caught them on mid travel, whatever, because they just done a show, destroyed all their cell phones and laptops, and two of the band members went missing for, like, two days. They were detained by, like, Crimea, like, whoever the fuck, and, like, questioned and abused and tortured and whatever, and then let back go. These are just women running around without their shirts on, singing fucking rock and roll. It's 2018, and there are governments, like, kidnapping and suppressing oh, and beating yeah. and killing people over that. Like, we are not out of the woods, That's man. That's it. Like we are, we are no like, and, and that's exactly why we gotta have progressive thinking individuals on on not 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 liberals, you right? Know what I'm saying we yeah. have, we gotta have some real real radical thinking individuals. It's time on, for some changes, you know, because yeah. the Democrats in this city are not taking direct accountable steps to getting corporate greed out of the Democratic Party's values. Well, not I just feel- not just we gotta get we have to get we have to get big money out of politics period not just out of the democratic enclave we gotta get i don't i don't know if there's any hope for republicans we, we got, so we I got guess. we got but no we so that's what we gotta do we gotta we gotta we gotta we gotta make sure that we get the right people in office so that we can get the right pieces of legislation that bars all of this outrageous money yeah. being dumped into the system to make to sure control. to make sure that people on the bottom have a fair shake yeah. in the political yeah. process. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because as long as right that now. money as long as that money is there, even though our even though our team that 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 was very successful in, in, in ushering in a Trayon White, it was a Herculean feat. Yeah. And we were in against the green you know, machine. We yeah, we went against the machine and all the money and yes, we beat them. But, Shout out but, to Skeletor. You know. There. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 yes you did. Cuz she also is approving like some huge ass tax cut like oh my god, like Dude, can we yeah. talk about Sorsum Corda? Uh-oh. You okay. heard about that, right? Are, is, is, is it being oh, scheduled hear. to be redeveloped for oh, some rich people? The it's Toll been, Brothers bought it for $60 million. Yeah, it's been, but that's and the city gave them two vacant adjacent lots but that's part of the deal. I'm, see, that's what I'm, that's the part I want to talk about. I don't want to talk about the fact that they spent 60 I want to talk about the fact the that why, you give them, the why do you give them the two lots? It's, the just two like, lots. it's just like the action that took place over in Southeast um, last week. Where, um, uh, she can uh, find all these construction company was shut down. Oh yeah, because Tra- Trayvon was part of that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and so, so. But look, I mean, why would you give a developer a, all that land? The big they really they uprooted two landmarks. They dug them up. They spent X amount of dollars relocating these two buildings. That were that that are his, have historical relevance, which I'm not mad because they did that. They saved the building. I'm upset that you took all that property and you sold it to somebody for about a dollar. That's like 
the big cake liquor store and all of that, that the whole land all of that you know uh, somebody just you know and so that yeah. trade-offs i don't know what they are i feel betrayed by they said because the trade-off is this is what i keep hearing people say but they're building affordable housing mm. what's Where? affordable what's affordable you're gonna keep me locked into an ami which says affordability is like 60 70 80 thousand dollars and there are like 70,000 some odd people in Ward 8. And of those people, there's a very small percentage that make $70,000. Yeah, so, so like Sorsum Corda, it's 1,100 units. So it's 199 now. And it's going to be 1,100. And 199 are put aside for affordable housing. <laughs> and 138 <laughs> of those units are going to current being set aside for current residents. Okay. This However, what is that? What do they gotta pay? That sounds, that sounds good, great. but what do they gotta pay? But You're what right. What do they gotta pay? What, what is? The, are they paying <laughs> what they were paying? Yeah. I now that'd be great. That'd be great if I pay what I'm paying now. I Maybe. Don't, I don't think that that sounds good at all. You said there's <laughs> eleven thousand units. No, there's going to be. Mm. Currently, there's only 199, and I think only 138 are currently occupied at all. And so they're going up. Okay. So it's going to be more. But, I mean, it sounds, you know, it well, sounds where, nice. Do people get to live there while they're redeveloping Oh, God, it? probably not. Who knows? So, right. There's, that's what no, I'm saying. It sounds nice on the outside, but not. I'm sure there's a lot more to unpack. There's yeah. no way. Y'all want to talk about the water? Do we? Oh, Can I, real quick before we jump Go off ahead. of Sorsum Corda, did you know that um, Sorsum Corda, you know what that means in Latin? No. Uplifting hearts. Uplifting hearts. I never knew that. I didn't know that yeah, either. so I just wanted to end with that because I thought it was kind of okay. sweet, All especially right. since I that. Share that with especially some since that. Um, Next that, time I gotta jump out of my car and stop a fight. Right, so there's some corner, motherfucker. <laughs> but but for, especially for a community that was so. I'm sorry, I was out of line for that. But <laughs> no, 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 no. I, look, that's what they'll probably say to hey. me, man. Oh, get the in your car, you man. Oh, you ain't got nothing to do, fucking do with this. Right? You know what I'm saying? Corda. Uplift your heart. But, but I thought that was, especially because it was such a community, like, you know, blighted by such violent crime for so many decades. They they went through it living there. So um, I thought it was really interesting to know that mm. that's what it was named after. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting. I, like, I wonder what that community started as or yeah. whoever built it, what they were thinking. Because yeah. you don't just name a community. Oh, you know what I mean? There's some, you know... Um, yeah. So yeah, I I I I, I want to believe them. You know, I want to hope in my heart that those people will get to be able to stay in the nice new places. Mm-hmm. But I know in my heart that that's probably not how it's going to be. They're going to be priced out and everything. You know how gentrification goes. We're going to lie to you and all of that and promise you everything. And then once it's built, you know, this is what mm-hmm. it costs. Get the fuck out. What did yeah. the mayor say last week? Well, if they can't afford to live here, hey, don't don't bring up Skeletor again. Yes. <laughs> so. This is. We need a um, Skeletor graphic, Nick. We need to put that on the uh, Eminem (laughs) digital assets list, the show specific. Skeletor. And I I call her Skeletor because, you know, I just, I feel like she is cold and and heartless, you know, like just a skeletal (laughs) Tell us how you really feel. Sometimes. I mean, I've been watching this woman for the last 10 years, like vote against and not in favor of um, economic initiatives and mm. housing things that, that will actually, you know, actually do something and help people. Um, she's she's very conservative when it comes to 
workers' rights um, issues and poverty issues. She's totally um, in the pockets of uh, developers, and I it just makes me feel betrayed. Um, and so the reason that I'm also excited that all of us are running and other folks on the Dump Trump Dems for Action slate is because, you know, the issues that we've been talking about tonight on the show prison, industrial complex, affordable housing, you know, policing, these are not simple issues to solve. Um, But the people who are in power in D.C. right now, um, a lot of them in the Democratic Party are not trying to think of solutions or work with communities from uh, a center of actually wanting to think bold, to think new, and to lead from a center of love. They are governed from a center of I don't want to rock the boat. We we just we're going to we're going to we're going to get some change, but let's not rock the boat. And know? how do I just keep my job, which means how do I please developers in this city because of the money in politics? And so none of us are bought by anyone. We are all like working class, uh, just getting by kind of people. We are closer to communities that are directly impacted by these issues. And I'm excited to do the job of the Democratic State Committee, like Stuart was saying, which is actually engage regular folks in the process Mm -hmm. of decisions being made in this city, bringing those people to the table, letting them know when the next D.C. Democratic State Committee is, getting them aware and involved and excited to take leadership in this city. You know, there's a lot of leadership in the city that doesn't go recognized and we keep getting the same boring establishment candidates and not all of them shout out to Trayon white yeah um shout out to robert white Mm -hmm. um shout out to carl racine yeah i don't know (laughs) i'm his new biggest fan who else i'm gonna (laughs) shout out today (laughs) but um you know (laughs) i'm gonna shout out nikki lewis shout out nikki lewis shout out molly ruler shout out Stuart anderson and jay mills shout out jay mills who's gonna be Jamila Maybe Hogan. calling in soon. Yeah, she said a physical moment. She said in five minutes, like four minutes ago. So get Regina ready. Pixley. Her name is Troy Jamila Presswood. Hogan on the ballot. Yes, you know, you know uh, all these people. Yeah, I, um, I'm excited. You know, uh, we got some. We got some folk over in War Seven. You know, Easter River is being hit really hard, and so we're working really, really hard to have this combined uh, frontal front with Ward 7 and 8 working closely That's together awesome. on a lot of things. And so we're hoping that we get a strong core group of people out of Ward 7 to really be a part of what we're trying to bring it to bear. Um, I'm constantly having meetings with people over in 7. Um, somebody told me, I won't even say who it was, right? Look, you need to stay out of 7. They ain't even live in 7. Because they don't like what I'm trying to do in terms of my conversation with Manchester. We got to be about the business of making sure that all of the 70 some thousand people in Ward 7, the 70 some thousand people in Ward 8 know what a state committee is yes. and what a state committee should be doing. One of the other things that I had a, a conversation with somebody about today, we just was talking, no, it wasn't. They was at a meeting yesterday where we the subject came up uh, opposite the Congress Heights uh, Civic Associations meeting and um, and someone asked the question about you know 
how do I go about getting the potholes in my street messed up and, and everybody talk about, well, you know, we only get these complaints and so not enough people complaining and so, you know, your 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 request doesn't go to the priority list unless X number of people so how many is the X number? Uh, well we don't actually know what triggers <laughs> it. But these are their responses, not me. But the bottom line is that when 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 you got a pothole, right? it damages your vehicle. And so the more potholes you have to navigate, the more damage to your vehicle. And when we look at this city, you know, and this is not to say that anybody's bad, it's just that the process has gotta be changed with fixing these streets, mm -hmm. you know. But the cat over here that's making $30,000, his car's got to go to the shop twice a year. And the well, cat over there, you know what I'm saying? Well, and I'm a cyclist. So a pothole. <laughs> so what is, you got to need a rim. You need a new rim. <laughs> a new rim? You might need a whole new body, young. A pothole is death. Because you got people that'll <laughs> Smush ride you right car, next to you. And, and you nervous and everything. And it, not even that. And you can't get around the pothole. You got a pothole in front of you. You got a car to the right of you and a, and a, a Park cars to the right of you and moving cars to the left of you, not giving you that space. And what you, you come up do? on a pothole. You're gonna take the you're gonna take the park car. And you know what happens? <laughs> you get hit, you get hurt, <laughs> and that motherfucker keeps going. Damn. So a pothole is even bigger than just damage. It's yeah. life and death. Potholes will literally like crack your collarbone if you're just lucky. And all this money they getting off these cameras. Man, our streets should be paved every day. Yo, really? shout out to that guy that was destroying the cameras. <laughs> like, you are the real MVP. If you're watching this podcast somehow, fuck yeah, dude. If you ever run for anything, I'll vote for you like shit, man. I wish everybody destroyed those things. <laughs> I wish I had enough balls to destroy speaking. Hey. If I had a car, I'd probably be out there. You're running this up. The thing that's funny is y'all are talking about potholes. I thought you were actually like talking about like symbols of life. Because I'm like, yeah, that's a good metaphor. <laughs> life is one big road with you lots know? of signs. I was like, that's great. But I thought I thought Stuart was about to roll us into a metaphysical moment. But oh. then I was like, oh no, y'all are really, really no, talking no. about like, potholes. I need them to fix the streets. <laughs> When, when when I ran in the special election a few years back, right, I literally convinced four or five guys up on Yuma Street to support me, merely because I said one of the things that I'm definitely <laughs> going to try to do, I'm going to use everything in my power to get all these, these streets fixed. Hey, man. <laughs> well, I think we've got uh, Jay Mills on the line with us to take us into... A metaphysical moment. Jay Mills, are you with me? Is that you, Jay Mills? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, we can barely hear you. Are you sure that's you? Hold on, we got to adjust can the... you hear me now? Yeah. Oh, hear you now. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can the audience hear her? Yeah, I think she needs to be turned to Jay. Needs to say something, Jay. Okay, saying something. Are you guys getting me in your ear? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh you are, are you kicking some brand new flavor? Oh, yeah. No. Okay. R.I.P. Craig Mack. That's right. Passed today, I think of. I got it right that time. Yes. Congestive heart failure, I believe. Hmm. Here comes a brand new, new flavor, flavor in your ear. Yeah. Okay. I'm telling you the new flavor in your ear. That's a brand new flavor in your ear. Yeah. Shout out Craig Mack. <laughs> Yeah. It was a classic, one of the illest uh, hip-hop beats of all time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you will be uh, 
one of our ancestors now looking down on us, helping guide us, recycling your energy, and hopefully coming back in a positive new seed. Jay Mills. I say, I say. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Doing great. I've been entertaining some family from overseas, yo. Shout out to international artist, my man Jabba. Uh, Shout out to Elevation B&B. A a bed and breakfast for those who like to indulge in the finer things, you know, for the cannabis connoisseurs that like to travel to the nation's capital, their private residence. That accommodate them. So, yeah, I guess that this is supposed to be a metaphysical moment, not a business shout out. Hey, no, we got to get that in too. So, Mm. yeah, (laughs) not mad at that. So, uh, you've been watching the show, hearing us get Uh, uh, angry about DC DC uh, politics and politicians. I I did catch the tail end of. What we could be doing with the money that they're getting you, from all the over ticketing and over policing. You gotta yeah. bring us back to a positive place of hope. You gotta bring us back to That's the right. silver lining. Save us, Jay Mills. <laughs> Keep on trying to find a silver lining in this pit. No I pressure. Just don't understand it. No pressure. There's gotta be hope. Otherwise, I mean, it's bleak yeah. and we would do so, nothing. So and the, we silver, would just... the silver lining is vote this slate in place and That's let's right. see what we do. June see 19th. If, see, see if on June 19th we bring this new team in and we do a Ray Charles. Make it do what it do. Oh, shit that's what's up indeed yeah um well as i was listening and kind of you know i love to meditate and give you all a fresh message of metaphysical meals mm. um it it just i i keep what keeps resonating with me is the misuse of power mm. and control that on the metaphysical tip ultimately comes from a misunderstanding of your knowledge of self, mm. your self-identity. Mm-hmm. So as we get my snaps, I'll be in there snapping. So I'm just diving to it. Okay, okay. <laughs> this metaphysical message is about what it truly means to be in total control and total power um, as it relates to being a human being, mm. not a human was or human might or human will be this extra verb and tense of be that is given to us in this state, this body, in this realm, at this time, as a human being, we forget, you know, we use the word supreme being, but we don't really say animal beings or plant beings. (laughs) It's it's something relegated to something of a divine nature. Mm. And our misunderstanding of divinity and what it means to be in control of what it means to be in power, what it means to be a position of authority is is just a trickle-down effect that has led to us being where we are right now. You know, we're in the information age where you cannot hide from the truth. And <clears throat> when we think of free will that has been given to us as human beings, for those that choose to believe in the higher power, knowing that this higher power has decided to give us free will, how can you think more of yourself than this higher power than to try and impose your will on another? Mm. That's not really what it means to be in power. That's not what it means to lead. Mm. True power is silent, and it gives without looking for acceptance 
I don't think the sun cares whether we think it or not. Mm. It shines. Shine too much. People complain. Don't shine enough. People complain. People going to complain. <laughs> it is not for you to deal in their complaints when you are shining in your divinity, you know, um, to be in control of yourself, to always think highly and to serve. We know that that's what it is to be a leader. It is to serve. And this world right now in D.C., in D.C. government, in just national government, what we're seeing right now, again, dealing with the information age, like, are these the facts that we want to accept that's true? That mm. this is how people are to be led? Is this how people are to be treated? We're going to continue to let this continue? We're going to keep kicking people out of their homes, keep raising the price out so that you can't afford it. Nobody can afford it. Everybody want to kill themselves because this life is not sustainable. We want to continue doing this or not. Mm. Ultimately, it goes back to knowledge of self because nothing that I'm saying will make any kind of sense if you haven't come to that realization on your own that to be powerful is not to be overbearing. It's not making a bunch of rules and looking for people to break them. And it's not about being punishing. <laughs> you got to think about the kind of leader you want. Think about the parent that you want to be. We are all mothers and fathers. We are all children, sons and daughters. And if we can modify the way that we behave to this relationship, we can really rise to a higher place. See, love is understanding. Everybody has an asshole that they love. <laughs> if this was not the person that you love, you would hate them. But you know them and you understand why they are who they are. So what they do does not bother you. We got to come to that understanding. Know who they are and why they do what they do so it does not bother you learn how to live in love and realize when there's something that is happening outside of yourself it's just a look look within we're very quick to look without but in realizing your divinity and realizing your control and not surrendering your control to someone else every the ego is very interesting the ego is what separates you from the idea that you were one with the all that that's basically the truth in the whole body that your spirit wears on this trip around the earth Hmm. Being around the sun, you are a timeless, eternal being that is part of the whole entire universe. You are literally made of star stuff, but I wants to be known individually. You got to come into your own understanding of what it is to be a collective being of the all and look to be that love, that omnipotent, um, the present, unchangeable love. Have the patience of a mother with a child who just pooped on them, peed on them, cried at them, threw up, <laughs> and you still love. There's just no nothing that they can do that can stop this love. You can make this whole child, make this whole child know them, know them before they're made, and that child will still one day look at you and be like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I will not do what you said. <laughs> You can threaten them. I brought you in this world. I'll take you out this world. Mm. And what they going to do? What does it mean to be a God? Vibrate higher. That's my metaphysical message. Yeah. <laughs>
Thank you, James. That was a great metaphysical <laughs> message. Thank you. Everybody does have an asshole <laughs> they love. You know what yes. I'm saying? <laughs> you know, your, your metaphysical moment made me want to just shout out all the students who are mm. organizing nonviolent direct action from a place of love um, after so many of them, of us, our what family members. What with all them shoes? leave them out there let let trump clean them up yo um yeah, it's I'm time to that. do something about this gun control so um yeah uh, and you know shout out to um there's some kids at howard university going through some things right now and the media is not talking about it because the uh dean has not allowed the media to cover it or to get on campus but they shut down the quad um, because of uh, it flooded over winter break and there's mm. rats and mold and all kinds of roaches and all kinds of problems. Mm -hmm. And the quad is one of the major housing sources. Yeah. And so a lot of students who have paid their deposit for housing are being told that they are not being guaranteed or offered housing and they need to seek it outside campus. Um, and, okay. And, and the bison. Woo, woo. Yeah. And you, bison. you know. You oh, wait. Know? I'm not allowed to say it because I didn't go to Howard. And Let me say. Interject. Shout out to Howard. You know, word up. You ain't got to uh, keep saying that either, that right? You know, she's every so often, <laughs> people don't have housing at Howard. It's an unfortunate truth that has happened historically. I'm pretty sure you can just talk to anybody who went to Howard and it's part of the experience. Mm. <laughs> wow. Um, that is why the media participates in the hush-hush. Sometimes they put it out there. One time they put it out there. Like, oh, Howard students are staying in the Hampton Inn. Mm. Oh, man. You know, it, it happens. Well, they're and not they don't offering put it out there housing. Because of the fact that, you know, would, in this case, the issue was how cold it was and an engineering person who I'm sure has paid for this with this job or whoever um, decided to, when they shut the the campus down, they didn't properly shut off the water valves in these buildings, the pipes burst. Yes. Well, Normally the dorms are open for international students and in, in limited use, but this time it wasn't. It got real cold and... No one hurts more than Howard. No one hurts more than Howard. These are beyond historical. Like when you were saying what you're saying, I interjected because I, the dorm that I stayed in, my great-grandmother walked through and talked about how it was when she was there, when she stayed in that dorm in 1933. Mm -hmm. So no one is trying to hide this. No one is, no. It, it is a very delicate situation that's quite heartbreaking. And the true solution is one that will take an incredible amount of time. So while people on the outside are always looking for reasons to paint how, like, they, they hate for no reason. Why give them a reason? Oh, well, these are students that came to me that were talking about it. Yeah. Not okay. the outsiders, so that's why I brought it up. Nowadays, refuse to learn their history and reach out. Reach out to your alma mater. Keep your biz family business with your family. Well, you know, I feel like that's a whole topic for another show, and we got to wrap it up. But we do, we do need to have a show about the preservation yeah. of black institutions, self determination, yeah. and how we yeah. can uh, preserve what has been yeah. built for us. You know, indeed. Let's so, do it. But, you know, let's talk about the fact that they're reaching out to the school of engineering and architecture to solve this problem to keep and preserve the historical nature, while at the same time doing something about this horrible issue that mm -hmm. befell the university in a terrible way. The mm -hmm. water flooded and it froze. 
It was it was terrible. It happened. What you gonna do? It happens. Yeah. It, this was a this was a bitter this was a bitter winter in terms of the 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 um how cold it was. It was cold this this winter. This winter was cold, and so a lot of that mm-hmm. was going around, right? But uh, I, I feel you on 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 uh, building up uh, the prestige of Howard and keeping the uh, legacy and stuff alive and activating the uh, alumni group and all of that. You know, let's get some of them Howard kids on this show next time and the next sure. time Jay Mills is here, you know, and let's talk about it more. But yeah. I want to oh, think... Oh, yeah, I would love to. That would be next great. Time, I'm going to call them on their stuff, man. Shout out to Howard. Shout out to the bikes, man. Whoop, whoop, H-U. You know? I'm not, I'm not going to say you know. I can say that, though, because I got a daughter that went there, so I can say Oh, that. I always want to say you know. We fight anyway. all the time, right, because you know I'm UDC. Straight up. Shout out not to UDC. Not the Oh, you were what? Hmm. Okay, wait till I see you. We're going to straighten that. We beefing that. I want to I wanna <laughs> thank everyone for tuning in to another Fresh Live episode of the Eminem Show. Thank you to One Love Massive down here in Historic Shaw for hosting us. Shout out to Molly. Thank you, Nick and DJ Mike Phillips for what, what? being behind the camera, taking what, what? care of us. Uh, follow our show on uh, Facebook and Instagram at uh, Eminem Show One Love. Check out our show on YouTube and at live.onelovemassive.com. And we will see you next Tuesday with uh, Sherry Wright of Before Harlem. Thank you, Stuart Anderson, for yes. joining us this Man, time. Excited yes. to run right. on the slate with you. Yes. Everybody vote June 19th. That's Dump it. Trump, Dems for Action. That's what's yes. happening. Yes. Peace out. Peace. 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 <laughs>